0: Howdy, howdy, y'all. It's your boy, Chris, Urban's Reality, how at you on a Sunday night. Uh, just wanna put something out there that I was contemplating today. I was thinking about what can I talk about? What would interest people? What interests me? What do I have experience with? These are the things that go through my mind when I'm picking topics or outlining uh, for new episodes. So, something that kept coming up kinda in my life around me and uh, brought me to the idea of this topic. Uh, I have a roommate. He's a professional server. Uh, from what I can tell, he's really good. And he works at a, like a white uh, white table, white cloth uh, Mexican restaurant here in, in Naples, Florida. He makes really good money. And uh, it just started making me think about my former life in the restaurant business. So I once had a career in the restaurant business. I started when I was 18 at a place in downtown Annapolis called McGarvey's Oyster Bar and Saloon. I started out as a busboy. I made an hourly wage, and I also made a percentage of tips from based on what the servers that I helped and the bartender uh, uh, made in their their tips. So they paid me out, they cashed out. So that's the first place I ever worked. I learned how to bust tables, I learned uh, restaurant etiquette, I learned uh, the restaurant life a little bit, a little bit, a little bit there. So that's where I started. I worked there not too long, not too long. I really wanted to become a server, and at my age and my experience level, that wasn't going to happen at McGarvey's. So uh, there's a bunch of restaurants in downtown Annapolis, and I had friends in a couple of them. You know, it's a it's a tight community, a serving community, the restaurant community. So the, the host of the restaurant that I worked at, McGarvey's, her boyfriend was a server at another restaurant across the street called Buddy's Crabs and Ribs Upstairs Dining. Awesome place, a lot of fun, family-oriented. Uh, seafood, mainly crab joint. Sunday, they had an awesome seafood brunch. I think it was like 21 bucks back then. It was a seafood buffet, great seafood buffet, uh, nothing held back, and mimosas for like 21 bucks. It, it was a great Sunday, you know, Sunday afternoon establishment in, uh, institution, excuse me, in downtown Annapolis. So, that was the first two restaurants I ever worked at. I started out again, it was the experience level that I had as a busboy at Buddy's Crabs and Ribs. And very shortly uh, became a server so let me tell you I was absolutely the worst server you could ever expect to find I was horrible you know the the manager uh, the manager that that promoted me and uh, and uh, Tom the guy that got me in Mara's boyfriend they felt sorry for me at the same time they thought that they saw something in me that could be developed they even told me that and uh, Literally, my, my manager would do half the work half the time for my tables because I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. I would screw up everything. In this antiquated computer system where there's a number associated with every item on the menu, so let's say there's 60, 70 items on the menu, there's 60, 70 different numbers that you have to remember, and you have to remember what number is associated with the item. Obviously, it's crazy. Uh, I never quite got it, let's say that. Never quite got it. The thing about it is, I would still walk out of there with tips being the worst server you ever expect to have with like 250, 300 bucks a night cash. It's ridiculous. And I, it got me hooked. I, I get that cash in my hand and I was hooked. Hook, line and sinker. So my first two experiences in the restaurant biz. Um, you know, wind the, wind the clock forward. I worked at a few different restaurants here and there in different parts of uh, the state of Maryland and, uh, I ended up moving from Delaware, uh, excuse me, from Maryland to Delaware. Uh, I got into a relationship and moved to Delaware to be with them. And it was a small town in Delaware called Middletown, and it was just becoming developed at the time. It's like real it in 2004 at the time. And uh, the only chain sit-down restaurant there at the time was Ruby Tuesdays. So what did I do? I went and got a job at Ruby Tuesdays. I got hired, I had experience at that point. I was good, much better than I'd been in the past. And I got a job there, you know, first day I was there. Maybe I was in, I was living there maybe a week and I got hired there. I'm really good. i have actually, and this is not knock on wood, knock on wood, <laughs> let's not jinx it. Now, I have been hired for every single job I've ever acquired the interview for. So I haven't gotten called back for the interview after my application every time, but every time I got an interview, I've gotten that job. So we're like talking 20 interviews, 20 jobs. 100% 100% accuracy. I'm good like that. I can sell myself. We'll put that put it that way. Anyway, so Ruby Tuesdays uh, You know chain garden grill, you know kind of a burger joint now Now they're trying to do the more upscale burger joint with it But you know, it, it was it was really cool. I worked there for almost four and a half years five years again Started out as a server uh, Made it onto the bar. It's the first time I ever made it behind the bar in a restaurant. Uh, I, had a, I had a manager there uh, Terry Donahue, and uh, she had a thing for me. She always said, she always said, and this is sexual harassment, but I didn't care because I love the attention. I want to know what you look like in leather chaps, crotches, leather chaps, boy. I I don't know what I do. She's a white lady from Jersey, but she 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 wanted me in black leather crotchless chap or yeah, straps, whatever it's called that the, the cowboys wear. So I don't know. that's kind of hot, kind of hot, but uh. Behind the bar, I learned that for the first time. Ruby's has a specific way to make every drink, so it wasn't really, really bartending. Like, I just had to learn the recipes, which was cool. But I learned how to, you know, entertain guests at the same time as doing service bar and uh, making drinks and keeping the bar clean. So I got the bar basics, and it was great. I was good at it. It was fun. And uh, I also cooked there. Uh, Apparently, I remember one one summer, Mitzi Reese, the general manager, apparently somebody was giving cooks uh, drinks from the bar, and I don't say their name, and she is no joke, Mitzi, don't play. Mitzi, don't play. She found out, she fired the bartender and four of her cooks on a Saturday night like that. She went behind the bar, she did their job for him because she was qualified to do that. She could do four men's job at one time. This woman is amazing, I learned a lot from her. I have mad respect for her. She fired me twice, imagine that. She fired me two different times. I love that woman. But um, yeah, she, she fired these cooks and the bartender on a Saturday night, didn't care. Like, you, you, you're you not doing what you're supposed to do, especially that kind of that kind of actions. You're gone, boy, get out. And uh, so, they needed co- cooks, they needed cooks really badly. And, uh, Mitzi knew that I was talented. I'm not tooting my own horn. I just was good. I had confidence in myself. Other people told me that I was good and, uh, that I had potential. So I became a cook. You know, she asked me, will you do me a favor? Will you cook, you know, for a period of time? Not permanently, but just, you know, as, as a band-aid. I said, Mitzi, I don't know how to cook. She's like, it's not hard. You can do it. So uh, based on her confidence in me, I went behind the line, became a line cook and uh it was much like bartending you know the recipes you replicate them uh you have to be on time with your orders all that stuff but it was fun you know I, I cooked at home but um it's different than line cooking i was never i mean nowhere near what you would call a chef or even a sous chef i was just a replicator of recipes in a timely manner it was fun it was good not as, not as much as the front of the house but uh <laughs> for instance that summer the air conditioner broke in one area of the entire restaurant the kitchen so we'd keep the back door open with a fan, but it was literally between 90 and 95 degrees at all times, the entire time you're cooking in front of a 150, you know, 200 degree uh, grill or uh, or burner. It was insane, it was it was, it was brutal. But uh, you know, you gotta save costs somewhere, and the cooks are it. So that was fun, you know, Mitzi's smart, she knows what she's doing, we, we dealt with it, we got hard. But um, yeah, that was a lot of fun Ruby Tuesdays. They ended up ended up becoming a, a, an NSO, a new store opener. I would go around to new stores. They would, they would make, I would travel to new stores, uh, in Pennsylvania mainly. And when they would open the new store, we'd go as a team, uh, manage, uh, excuse me, an NSO opening team. And we would, uh, the managers of that store would hire their own employees, but they would hire entirely too many. They'd hire, like, let's say 200 employees when they only needed 100 max to run that place when it was up and going. So we went there and uh train the people that that the management team from that store hired themselves for their store and we would train the teams and uh we would weed them out. You know, we would work them to to see how they would respond. And if you didn't have it, we had another hundred people. Bye, you gotta go. It was hard to do that because you, you know you make an emotional connection with some of these people. They're people, you know, regardless of their ability. They're people, and we got to fire a lot of them. So you get kind of blunt, you know, blunt to it, numb to it. It gets easier. It gets easier the more you do it. it sucks, but it has to be done. You know, only the best. It was a lot of fun paid good money, and all we did was was what we enjoyed doing was, and we're good at during the day. We literally party because we all had hotel rooms. We party all night, like like the let like the Dickens. It was, it was good times. You know, when you're 22, 23, you can party all night and still go to work in the morning. Um, let's see. I, I wanted to become a manager. Uh, I remember uh, the day that I was working at Ruby Tuesday's in Middletown. And uh, a manager that was there at the time, I can't even remember his name, maybe Brian or something. He was talking to us and blah, blah, blah. He said, hey, well, hey, Chris, you know, how come you never thought about being a manager? I remember that day and it went bing, bing, bing. I think I want to do that. I think I want to try. He thinks I can, I want to try. And uh, you know, I, I went on my path to becoming a manager. It took a little while. I was, uh, 22, I guess, 2022 20, when I started, when he, when that statement was made to me. Young, doe-eyed, baby-faced, little skinny guy. I mean, I looked like I was 17 when I was 21. It was crazy. Um, you know, it's good now and older. You know, I didn't catch up quite yet. So, but then it wasn't a help. It was, nobody took me seriously. You know, no one took me seriously. They couldn't see me in, a, a, an authoritative, uh, position. And uh, I, had to, I had to prove myself, and it took a long time. Ruby strung me along for quite a bit, but the fact that it took so long uh, meant that I got a really good set of ground rules and basic training in management. Became a shift leader, uh it was like 12, 15 hour at the time. Became a shift leader and uh, learned how to be a manager. Eventually did not become a manager at Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, I'd been in some trouble in 1996, I believe, and uh, got some charges. Marijuana charges, and they, I got probation for judgment, which means that as long as you can be good for a year, you get a year of probation, you get through that probation, uh, it's scratched from your record. That's what's supposed to happen. Well, they gave me a background check when I was ready to become the manager. And when you know, it pops up, and, uh, they pull, I was cooking, I was learning the, the, another side of grill, the grill side of cooking in the kitchen. I was doing my cook, my kitchen training, since that was the area of the restaurant that I knew the least about. And, um, I got pulled off the line and said you can't be a manager you can't be a shift leader you go back to serving or you don't work here anymore and uh i, I was in limbo for quite a while maybe a year not knowing what i was going to do with my life i stayed there I, I i i continued to bartend and uh serve there but every day kind of rubbed in my face that these people you know didn't want me i was not good enough i could never be a manager and that had been my goal for however long and uh so i was pretty crushed and i, I was i was lost for a little while about a year I got over it and uh, long story short I became a manager at two different restaurants uh was mildly successful and uh uh that was my career in the restaurant business uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you one thing I've heard it happening to multiple people multiple servers it's not an it's not a unique thing actually this friend of mine uh currently he's just kind of getting in his foot in the stepping his toe into the restaurant business and uh He wants to become a bar back. He's like uh, 30-something, but he wants to become a bar back. And it happened to him for the first time the other day. He he said it to me like like it was some brand new thing. I just didn't, I didn't even laugh. I was laughing on the inside because I knew where he was going with it. But he said, yo, I had this dream. And I knew what he was talking about right away. I had this dream and uh, I was behind the bar. And I, I specifically remember the drink that I was supposed to make but I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't find the glasses. I couldn't find the alcohol. I couldn't find the mixes and people just kept coming. And there must've been 30 people sitting at, sitting at the bar and I couldn't do anything. It was crazy. And I was thinking to myself, yo, that's, that's server PTSD. It's normal. It's normal. When you sell your soul, when you hoard yourself for tips, it, you know, there's consequences. Dude, I've had so many PTS style dreams, PTSD style server dreams. Uh, my, my main one recurring, recurring, we'll put it at that, recurring, multiple times I had this dream. I was at Ruby Tuesdays, I was at Ruby Tuesdays in the dream. Uh, I was getting triple and quadruple sat, which means they're sitting you with three and four tables at one time and uh, multiple times. So I had like, what, 20, 30 tables that I was was responsible for. I just couldn't hack it in this dream. And it comes to the point in the dream where I'm freaking out so bad that people are are throwing menus on the floor and uh, silverware is flying. I wake up in a a cold sweat. So yeah, it happens. Server PTSD style dreams happens to a lot of servers. It's not unique. Uh, Well, that was my experience in the restaurant biz. I hope you guys uh, had a good time listening to my stories. There's more where that came from. Howl at your boy.